You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to the Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and we thank you so much for joining us today. We welcome all those who are listening on WNDZ 750 AM here in Chicago, and all who have joined in on the live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. Catholic Charity's Latino Affairs Department has been especially busy this year. Latino and African-American residents in Cook and Lake counties were disproportionately affected by COVID-19, and so some creative, innovative uh, ideas had to be put into place so that the information and the resources could get to the residents to try to correct that disparity. Uh, Dr. Kari Rosita Sheftel is the director of Catholic Charities Latino Affairs Department, and she has been working locally and internationally on trying to um, alleviate the concerns of Latino residents. Uh, she really is an outstanding, compassionate, dynamic person um, that I'm so pleased to get to work with. And she's here with us today to share some exciting developments us, with us for this summer. Welcome, Kari. Hi, good morning, Katie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you today? Good. I'm so excited to be here and share some good news. Absolutely. We're all about good news on this show. Um, can you share with us what have been your, your main priorities for the Latino Affairs Department this summer? Yes, we've been very busy, and I will say that uh, we have been working on three priorities during this time. The first one is uh, to keep doing community uh, outreach and education about COVID and all the devastating effects that they have, but also securing access to vaccination in these uh, Latino communities. And we've been working with amazing partners, um, even with the consulates of Latin America that have offices here in Chicago. The second priority is to keep sharing with the Spanish speaking community or Latino community about the resources that we have. We know that they uh, have been uh, in the need of financial assistance, uh, even financial assistance for cremation and burials, mental health, uh, bags of food, etc. And last but not least, I will say that we've been listening, we've been understanding, we've been empathizing, and we've with the community. It's very important that the community let us know what the needs are and not what we might be thinking from a desk or from an office. 
And, and I know that that vaccination uh, point is a, is a real key issue this summer. Um, according to the State of Illinois uh, website, 74.9% of Illinois residents over the age of 12 um, have been vaccinated, at least gotten their first dose, but that still leaves one in four people not vaccinated. And so you've been part of several innovative programs to try to encourage the Latino uh, community to get uh, vaccinated. Can you share with us about some of those programs? Yes, uh, we've been part of the Illinois Department of Public Health uh, COVID-19 Ambassador Program, as well as with the Lake County uh, Health Ambassador Programs. And these have been helped us to get uh, firsthand information from the experts, as well as resources and updates. Uh, so these has helped us to spread the word, to get go out, do some uh, outreach and education in a culturally relevant way. Um, the reality of our immigrant Latino is so different from uh, other communities here in Chicago and you know, even in our nation, but also in some other uh, countries in Latin America. For example, in Mexico, the uh, vaccination uh, program it goes by ages, so age ranges. So right now they're vaccinating those who are uh, 30 years old, between 30 and 40 years old. So all of this information is important to understand because our community keep in touch with their loved ones in their countries of origins. So that's why it's important for us to keep like an eye and our ears about what's happening in Latin America. So when, when we are giving out our messaging, we're considering what our community is listening from their loved ones. Uh, we've been uh, learning a lot uh, during this year since COVID-19 started. And all of these learnings, we were so willing to share with some other partners. So we had a meeting, for example, with the National Migrant and Seasonal Head Start Association and with the Catholic Migrant Farm Worker Networks. Uh, they were also struggling uh, with uh, people doing the contact tracing or, or allowing them to, to, to release information if they have COVID or now with the opportunity to have the vaccine. So we were listening to all of these challenges they were having and we start sharing some things that have been working with our community, with our Spanish speaking community, with our immigrant community during these months. For example, now with social media, you're, they're so used to follow-up updates on their Facebook pages. Now they know how to use Zoom. So we have a creative way to talk about, for example, contact tracing. We, we do some role-playing and we use some very beloved characters. Uh, for example, Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo got infected with COVID because she was at a party with uh, Ricky Martin and some other well-known Latin artists. So having this cultural context allow us to do a better outreach and education. Also, as I was mentioning, there being some uh, collateral uh, effects on our immigrant community and sharing this information for it's, it's, it's important, but also for the immigrant community. So we're really sharing some of the ways that we've been spreading out the word of getting the vaccine, um, where, how, 
what's normal, what are the normal effects after having the vaccine, so our community can get an informed decision. And hopefully the decision is that they will get the vaccine. And I know, Kari, that a lot of your education materials refer to um, encouraging Latino residents to act in a culturally competent manner. Can you kind of explain briefly with our audience what, what you mean by culturally competent manner? Yes, yes, of course. Um, Catholic Charities uh, has been very diligent in being always very culturally competent. And by these, we mean that we have the ability to serve a diverse uh, clients, a diverse uh, uh, community of clients, not only because we have our materials in some other languages, for example, in Spanish, but because we are mindful and we learn and we uh, take into consideration the culture and the traditions. So in this sense, we acknowledge the role that culture and tradition has when we're doing the messaging and when we're putting some strategies out in the, in the community. Um, so that's why, for example, I listen to, to news from some other countries, from, from Mexico, from El Salvador, I need to, to be informed so I, I can be on the same page as our community. Um, and also the, the consulates have been great partners with the Office of Latino Affairs when, when working in all of these uh, COVID-19 release efforts, uh, relief efforts. And we also irrelevant, which means that the messaging and the strategies that, that we are putting in place, they're according to the reality of our Latino community. For example, um, I don't know if you remember last year, uh, the messaging was stay at home, right? But this was not the reality of our Latino immigrant communities. They were uh, the ones that the janitors at the hospitals, they were at the grocery stores, they were the truck drivers, they were the farm workers, right? Essential so workers. We, yes, essential workers. So, so we really need to see that this did not apply, this make no sense for them. So for example, we have to pivot the messaging and uh, share how can they be protected when they have to take public transportation because they might not own a car. When someone got infected and there were like maybe 10 people living at home and it was hard to get a private room to be isolated. So this is what I mean by being culturally competent and culturally relevant. Yes, we have our materials and we're partnering with uh, a lot of uh, associations that they have things in English, Spanish, and some other languages, but we tap into the culture, traditions, reality of our community to be, to make sense, you know, and, and to, to uh, uh, help them be safe and healthy. It's a very positive and wise and, and unifying philosophy, Kari. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on The Voice of Charity. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Kari Rosita Shoftel. Please stay tuned.
Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. To the Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and I'm so pleased to be here today with Dr. Kari Rositas Shaftel, who is the Director of Catholic Charities Latino Affairs Department. And Kari, I was wondering about the group uh, in Cook County that you've been working with for the last five years. I know you were instrumental in starting a support group uh, for uh, immigrant Latino women in Cook County. How's that going this summer? Well, it's going great. Uh, we uh, work with this group that uh, they call Mujeres Floreciendo, uh, Women Blossoming, uh, since 2013. These groups have been uh, being implementing uh, with the collaboration of Loyola University Chicago and uh, Universidad Iberoamericana. And since their beginnings in 2013, we have been uh, working with uh, 13 different groups and 45 students uh, from Mexico, from Universidad Iberoamericana, have been collaborating in terms with these groups. So we have, this is a, a very uh, nice uh, space for immigrant women to, to talk, to share about the journey of uh, coming to a new country, heal, know the rights, and network. So some of the women that first started with us in 2013, they decide to start moving and see what else can they do. So they start saving through a methodology that they learn, um, through a grant that we have, and they uh, save quite enough money and they realize that they have the capacity to save every six months. 
So then they start dreaming bigger. And now they're gonna launch their own uh, co-op business, uh, selling things that they know how to do. For example, they're gonna be selling uh, piñatas and they're gonna be selling cakes and cookies, etc. So now they call themselves Mujeres Generadoras, which means uh, women who generate, women who are uh, uh, able to provide for, for themselves. So this has been uh, great news uh, for, for the program. Uh, and uh, they're gonna be selling all of these uh, items through their websites, which is uh, mujeresgeneradoras.wixsite.com. And in this webpage, you will find who they are, this amazing story of empowerment, how they're being growing as women, and now how they're in that uh, point of life that they can start uh, providing uh, a little bit uh, of extra money to their families with these uh, uh, things that they're going to be selling. So we're super proud of them. And uh, the other good news, because this is a program about good news, is that we've been compilating all the learnings and the best way uh, to facilitate these sessions from Mujeres Floreciendo, the women blossoming groups, that we put together a book, Katie. And this book, it's called uh, Mental, uh, Emotional Help for Immigrant Women, Salud Emocional para la Mujer Migrante. And it's going to be published uh, this uh, fall, winter uh, through Universidad Iberoamericana uh, Press House. And the uh, purpose is to share, to share these best practice with some other groups that they will start having these self-help groups of uh, women who have migrated to this country so they can replicate uh, this amazing, amazing opportunity to heal, to grow, and now to be entrepreneurs. And will that book be available on the website, Kari, or uh, through Amazon, or is that still being determined? I think uh, what uh, Universidad Iberoamericana told us that they're going to have some uh, uh, books in print, like in paper, and some others through Amazon. So, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Please keep us posted, and, and we'll let the audience know once that is available. Um, we're going to take another quick break here, and when we come back, we'd like to speak a little bit more about the um, uh, interns that you just referenced. Um, please stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kari Rosita Chatel. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus. We have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000.
Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and I'm here today with Dr. Kari Rosita Sheftel, who is Catholic Charities Director of Latino Affairs. And before the break, Kari, we talked a little bit about the intern program um, that you started a number of years ago with I- Ibero-American University, one of the most prestigious universities in Mexico, and it's run by the Jesuits. I'm right. Am I right? You're correct. You're correct. It's part of the uh, network of Jesuits universities in the world, same as Loyola, who has been great partners to Catholic Charities. Wonderful. And it's been really a a very dynamic program that has um, helped students come to the United States, experience life in Chicago, but also get professional experience that coincides with their collegiate major. Am I right? Yes, yes, you're correct. You're correct. And, but, but I also know uh, another that, good news, excuse me, go ahead. Kathy, uh, is that uh, this program that you're mentioning, it has been recognized this year as one of the best uh, internship programs by the uh, Association of Jesuits Universities. So oh. we're so proud and so happy about this recognition. Congratulations, Kari. It's such a credit to you. Um, but I know it must teamwork. have been uh, teamwork. I, I know. I, I bet it is very much so. Um, but I know it must have been such a challenge to keep the intern program going um, during the pandemic. Can you share some of the innovative ways that you came up with to still keep students who were, you know, physically in Mexico uh, contributing to to people in need here in Chicago? Yes, it has been a challenge uh, because students, as you were mentioning, part of the experience is come here to Chicago, experience, for example, the cold weather, right? Uh, Living near the lake, uh, uh, taking public transportation, go to the different programs here in the city, and of course, having their uh, class in person through Loyola. So it's been challenging, especially the contextualization. Um, I've been creative in a way that I've been doing some videos for them to show them where they will be working, where's our uh, office, where is Loyola, uh, even making some videos or sending some uh, pictures about the snow so they have an idea about how challenging it is for an immigrant community that sometimes they have to use public transportation to be, you know, uh, walking through through snow. Um, and also, of course, sending them some uh, breaking news about immigration that they need to pay attention so they could understand what's happening with the clients that now they're serving through through Zoom. So um, even though that, uh, they're being very diligent and very uh, flexible and accommodating with, with our, our clients. With some of them, they're using Zoom. But for example, there was a, a program that they started with our seniors in the West region. And they realize that seniors, they don't use a Zoom. They might not have uh, a computer or a laptop. So they were very familiar with WhatsApp. So uh, they WhatsApp. have to okay. and they have, yeah, they have to learn how to uh, do like groups through WhatsApp so they can um, continue with this program on which it was so important so they won't feel isolated during this pandemic. Uh, they had some guided meditation. They have some art with uh, elements that they can find where they were living. They have some stories. They have poetry sharing. So I really am proud of them, of how they also have to adjust and to get to know more about what will be the easiest way to work with our clients. And also they need to be so flexible with their time. We have some meetings that they need to happen um, 
late in the afternoon because they have the kids uh, going to school from home, you know, or very early in the morning. So I, I, I'm really proud of them that we could continue with this program. And based on the evaluations and some interviews that we have at the end of this experience, again, this was a wonderful experience. Of course, they would love to be here, but we hope that they can come in uh, sometime in the near future. <laughs> that, that was my next question. Are you able to welcome any of the interns in person this fall, or are you even looking toward the second semester this year? We're still uh, in a virtual modality right now. We have uh, five students, but um, a fun fact, uh, Katie, was that one of the students from uh, spring this year, spring semester, uh, as a graduation gift, she asked her parents if it was possible to come to Chicago as a family vacation. Oh. So they were here. They connect with St. Mary of Cell Family Strengthening Service with uh, Sandra, where she made her uh, internship. So she actually came with her whole family. Of course, they were outside with all the safety guidelines, but at least she had an opportunity to meet Sonia in person, to get to know some of the clients. And of course, for the family, was <clears throat> also a great opportunity to know where her her daughter was working virtually during the whole spring semester. So um, I was telling the, the interns that we should plan something after this pandemic is gone, like to celebrate, but also for them to have an opportunity to know the city, to know our program. So let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> that could happen soon. I will, but I just, as you're speaking, I can't help but congratulate you again for all you've accomplished, you know, on behalf of these interns and Catholic Charities and our clients. You've found a wonderful way to uh, uh, encourage the students to participate in the work of Catholic Charities and, and believe in the mission of Catholic Charities, and that's so beautiful, Kari. Congratulations again on, on your recent uh, award or, or acknowledgement by the Jesuit University community. Can Thank I just you. ask I in the short time? Yes, oh, yes, very, yes. it's very well deserved, Kari. Um, in the short time we have left, can I just ask you to um, maybe articulate what your greatest concerns are for the Latino community as we head into the fall and winter here? Yes, well, of course, COVID, it's, it's still one of our, our concerns. Um, there might be some that are still hesitant to get the vaccine, but I'm trying to, to see all of this from the whole perspective. And now that the one of the vaccines have been approved by the FDA, I think they will, this will bring an opportunity for those who are not sure to make an informed decision and, and get the vaccine. And also, of course, uh, the, the effects that this uh, pandemic is still having on our Latinx community. But, but let's uh, think that uh, together we're stronger that uh, Catholic Charities is there for them, uh, not only with education and outreach of COVID, but for anything they need so they can thrive as an individual, as a family, as a community here in, in Chicago and Cook and Lake County. So we're, we're there for, for them. Estamos aquí para ustedes. And very quickly, Kari, can you share with our audience what is the best way they can contact you if they'd like to support the work of your office? 
Yes, they can go to the webpage uh, www.catholiccharities.net. We have the Office of Latino Affairs webpage there. And volunteers, we need volunteers. And if you're bilingual, you're more than welcome. You can find uh, the volunteers opportunities at www.ccofchicagovolunteer.com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kari. Please keep us posted and come back on the show for developments on all these great things that you're working on. Thank you. And we thank everyone for joining us today on The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and we invite you back again next week for another edition of our show. For now, we wish you a wonderful, happy week ahead from everyone at Catholic Charities.